Somebody shout hallelujah. Beloved, praise the Lord. You are welcome to the episode 4 of BP Season 6. In episode 3, we read John 17, 17 to 23. John 17, 17 to 23 to unpack sanctification and truth as Jesus wants us to accept them. We said that the word sanctify means setting apart and Jesus himself prayed for it for his disciples, including you and I. The big people shared in that episode is that Jesus desired that we are one, according to John 17, Today, we build on that concept of unity by talking about something which is, which in theory should reinforce and oneness, but in reality it divides us all the, all the time at all levels. We will talk about doctrine, but first let us read the text for this episode. Our passage for the episode is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. It's a common text that we all know very well. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. And I'll read from verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. The key verse of the episode is 2 Timothy 3.16 that I just read. And I'm going to repeat again. All scripture is given by expression of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why is that? Why is the scripture profitable, you may ask? The answer is found in verse 17, which indicates that it is profitable to us because it will build us up to do and promote good works. That's why it's profitable. The question is, can God classify the work of your hands as good? Can God classify the work of my hands as good? That is a very, very reflective question that we should ask ourselves time and time again. Beloved, before a concise description of how doctrine divides us, let us quickly highlight what doctrine means to us, in particular what we understand by doctrine in this episode of BP. What is doctrine? Doctrine means to teach, simply. It means to teach. It denotes both the art of teaching and what is taught. I repeat, doctrine denotes or refers to the art of teaching and what is taught. In fact, as we will soon see, the focus has been on that which is taught. That which is taught as opposed to how it's even taught. So such a focus has divided us more than any other forces in recent decades. Beloved, we have two broad classifications of doctrine. Number one, the doctrine of the Pharisees, which is a feast tradition added down from one generation of teacher to another. As Jesus said in Matthew 16, 12, he warned us against such a doctrine. The second classification or the second type is the doctrine of Jesus Christ, which came about from his teachings, the power of his personality, character, and works. Jesus' doctrine surprised the world 
we can see Matthew 7:28, Matthew 7:28, and Luke 4:32. Luke 4:32, and it's still surprising the world today. The teachings of Jesus gave back to the apostolic doctrine. So now let's look at the apostolic doctrine in 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 a brief manner. The apostolic doctrine consists of three propositions. Number one, the doctrine tells us clearly that Jesus is the Christ. Acts 3.18 Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. He is the Christ. Acts 3.18 It also that's a positive doctrine indicate to us very clearly that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is confirmed. Acts 1.22 Acts 1.22 as well as Acts 2.32 And beloved the apostolic doctrine also teaches us that Salvation is by faith and grace. Faith in the name of Jesus. Acts 2.38, Acts 2.38, as well as Acts 3.16, Acts of the Apostle 3.16, and Ephesians 2.8. So the apostolic doctrine proclaimed this truth in coordination with what is written in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. So it, 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 it's done in coordination with the entire Bible. Alright? So, for example, Apostle Paul did the coordination correctly in his talk at Antioch in Acts 13.16-41. Acts 13.16-41 and at Lystra, Acts 14.15-17, Acts 14.15-17, as well as Athens in Acts 17.22-31. Acts 17.22-31. So the New Testament pastoral and general epistle lay emphasis on sound doctrine. Sound doctrine, as underlined in 1 Timothy 4.6. However, sound doctrine is only embraced where unity is promoted. Sound doctrine cannot be found in a divided church or in a divided house. In fact, let's use an illustration. I will take the illustration of bears of the same feather flock together. There's a popular saying that bears of the same feather flock together. This saying implies that we have a tendency to want to congregate with people with shared values and perspectives, with shared views. In fact, one of the scandals of the church today is that some denominations are defined by socioeconomic profiles. Instead of the faith, our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Such tendencies against the unity of the church described in the New Testament. That is why the parish concept found in some churches, such as the Redeemed Christian Church of God, RCCG, is respected by allowing the unity of faith to prevail. In other words, Everyone is welcome to worship together in every parish of our city and such, such uh, churches. In such parishes, people from management, labor, and diverse ethnic or tribal background worship together. There is no segregation in the congregation. In effect, the whole society is allowed to become part of the body of Christ through faith. After all, Jesus Christ is our bridegroom. No place of birth or the balance in your bank account do not play a role in such a congregation. 
everybody is bounded by faith in God. Now let's use a very practical example, a case study. The church of Ephesus at the beginning is a case study to, to, to illustrate this. Beloved, the New Testament traces the history of the church of Ephesus from Acts 18, Acts chapter 18, to when it was eventually rebooked after division and it aired in Revelation 2, verse 1 to 7. Paul planted the church in Ephesus in Acts chapter 18, verse 19, we can see verse 19 in particular, and spent time teaching in that church. You can look at you can see that in Acts 19, 8 to 10. Paul addressed false doctrines and evil practices in that same church to set it alright. His teachings were successful as pagans even bought their items after repentance, after repenting. We can see that in verse 18 to 20 of Acts chapter 19. Ten years after the founding of the church in Ephesus, Paul was able to command the church. He commended them for their faith and love. They have faith and there was visible love in the congregation. The church was devoted to the faith, well organized, and busy sharing the good news, busy with the gospel, not promoting an individual or a particular viewpoint. The church grew, expanded, and did the will of God. Jews and Gentiles from various walks of life were in the church at Ephesus. The church came together to form a new man, according to Ephesians 2.15. A new man. If I were to quote clearly, Ephesians 2.15. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating himself one new people from the two groups and one body, Ephesians 2.16. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups, that means Jews and Gentiles, to God by means of his death on the cross of Calvary, and the hostility towards each other was put to death. These verses in Ephesians chapter 2 should be what we are seeing in churches today, although the device is the case at times, or even often when you read some reporting. You can see Christian Post, for example. Beloved, this case study, the church in Ephesus was diverse, diverse in ethnicity, tribe, race, and socioeconomic status. But it was united in Christ. Meaning we can see, we can look differently, but we are, we are supposed to be one in Christ. We are supposed to be united in Christ. So Paul commended it, sincerity. In Ephesians 6.24, when he said, Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in incorruptible love. In other words, love that is not corrupted, is not mad. So let us conclude with our biblical phrases for this episode quickly. However, or let me use the word sadly, drift in doctrine among in the later years of the church in Ephesus. In Paul's letter, 1 Timothy 1, 3-4. 1 Timothy 1, 3-4. We see evidence of doctrinal drift in this same church that stated well. But it didn't end well. The, fo the focus on faith in Jesus shifted over time in that same church in Ephesus that started well in our case studies. In this passage, Paul 
told Timothy to remain in Ephesus to instruct some people not to teach strange doctrines, which is common today. People are doing it today. Paul was saying to Timothy and he's saying to us today that the Bible, that today through the Bible, that we must focus on our abilities to touch and change lives around us. It must be about others. It must be about serving others, not using others. No, not using people, but serving them, serving their needs. Not through the wisdom of man. Our doctrine must not be through the wisdom of man. Must not be framed through the wisdom of man. But through the simplicity of the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. That, was, that is what must fade, shape and frame our doctrine. This involves serving, helping and developing those around us with the apostolic doctrine. It involves helping others to abide in Christ. After all, John 8.31 says, John 8.31 says, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciple indeed. And 2 John 1.9, 2 John 1.9 says, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God underline it. You don't abide in the doctrine of Christ, then you don't have God. You abide in the church of Christ as both the Father and the Son. We love let us pray. Father, we thank you for episode 4 of Sisters of EP. Please help us to abide in your daughter in Jesus' name. Let our life be like the beginning of the church in Ephesus. And do not allow us to drift. Do not allow us to derail. Do not allow us to teach others to derail. And do not allow us to lead others astray. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' most precious name, we are praying. Beloved, if you enjoyed this episode, please like us on our various media platforms and also join us. Uh, the Redeemed Church of God Restoration House online or on site in Blue Forty, South Africa. We welcome comments from you. Please use all our platform on Facebook as well as YouTube. Till we come to you in the next episode of Biblical Phonesis. May the Lord keep you safe and blessed. May He shower you with divine wisdom daily to succeed. In the mighty name of Jesus.